This is Darrell Alia, and you're listening to the Before the Man's Podcast, episode 180. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobster, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. What is going on, good people? Welcome to a brand new installment of the Before the Millions podcast. I'm your host, DeRay Olalaye. We have an exciting show for you today because we're kind of taking it back to like that very first deal, that second deal when you're kind of getting things going, you're figuring things out. And I know for me, it took a while for me to actually find my niche, right? You guys know that I've done a ton of different things in the real estate space from raising money for multi-million dollar deals to starting my own Airbnb business. And ultimately, when I found my sweet spot, creative financing and buying deals with no money, just contracts, It was an instant hit. It was an instant success because of all the things that I learned along the way, because of the experiences that I had. So now I think about how I started originally, which was, again, how most people start. You go and get a loan and you use one of those no and low money down loans to buy your first investment property. Well, it's not actually categorized as an investment property. It's actually categorized as a primary residence. But, you know, in your mind, in your heart, that you have the intent on living at the property for maybe a year and then moving out, buying another property and then renting that property out. Or maybe you have the intent, if it's a multifamily building, to actually live in one of the units and rent out the other units. Well, that's what we're talking about here on the show, how you can use a mortgage, right? A mortgage where you're paying very little out of your own pocket or even nothing at all in some cases to Buy your first investment property. Now, again, this is not normal. No more. What's normal is most people using that mortgage to buy their primary residence. So what we're talking about today is how to use that mortgage to buy your first investment property. You guys know this is exactly how I got started. And this is actually exactly how today's guest, Matt, the mortgage guy, got started as well. So I cannot wait for it to get into the show. First, to get into Matt's story. Right. Matt has been a mortgage broker for the better part of seven years. And I think just last year alone, he's negotiated over 250 loans for his clients. So he's doing major volume in the mortgage space. So he sees what the interest rates are. He sees how people are getting qualified, how people are not getting qualified, what people are doing with these properties. So he has a front row seat to be able to tell us exactly how we can leverage these loan programs to buy our first or next investment property. Again, that ran out for me a long time ago. That's why I kind of shuffled around for a little bit until I found creative financing. And now again, I'm buying deals with none of my own money. I'm buying deals with no banks, no mortgage, no credit, none of that stuff. 
And if you guys want to learn a little bit more about that, if you're at that stage or if you want to start from this stage, then obviously head over to BeforeTheBillions.com. And we have a ton of educational material uh, from a free challenge to a few free workshops. And if you look hard enough, you might even find a free coaching session by yours truly. So that's over at BeforeTheMillions.com, and that's as you start to want to build out your portfolio, as you're no longer qualifying for some of these loan programs. But I highly suggest, as a first or second time investor, that you take advantage of some of these loan programs, because this is what helped me propel my investment journey forward. This is actually what helped me buy a half a million dollar fourplex when I first got started and become location independent. So... Again, this episode is jam-packed, and I can't wait to get into it with Matt. But first, just want to let you guys know you have just one week left, one week for our giveaway. If you want to access my app, my software of choice, when over all of the software in the real estate game, the real estate industry, to help me find leads, to help me vet leads, run comps, pull MLS level data and market to my leads all in just one single app. And you want that app for free. I pay a monthly fee for that app. I pay hundreds of dollars with all the skip tracing that I do. If you want that app free for one year, all you have to do is head over to before the millions.com forward slash review. And I list the steps out step-by-step exactly what you need to do in order to enter our giveaway so that I can give you PropStream, my app of choice, for not one month, not two months, not three months free, but an entire year for free. This is absolutely going to jumpstart your investing career. And again, the steps are, number one, leave us a rating and review. Number two, take a screenshot of that rating and review. And number three, make sure you submit that screenshot to info at beforethemillions.com with the subject line giveaway. So again, you got one week left to get in on this deal. I don't want you to miss out beforethemillions.com forward slash review for all the instructions. Make your next move your best move. Let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. I go all the way back to probably fifth or sixth grade when I realized that my mom could take me to Target and I could buy 10 packs of, of big red gum and sell them for 25 cents a piece and a dollar turned into 250. And I literally did that until the principal at my elementary school, then the principal at my junior high, both like cut me off and said, you can't do that anymore. So then I asked my mom, you know, what other stuff can I do? And I deliver the newspapers that the people that didn't get the Sacramento Bee, which is the real newspaper, got this generic piece of junk. Um, and I delivered that. And I also, you know, through talking to that delivery service, they said, oh, you can deliver the Better Homes Gardens and the other magazines and delivered the magazines. Um, and I, I remember it's so funny, you know, the memories you plucked from your childhood that, you know, I had somebody who was mad at me because they really wanted this newspaper. And I thought to myself, like, nobody cares about this generic free newspaper. And so this one person that gave me a complaint, I wrapped this thing in a bow tie every single time and put it right on their porch because they were mad it got in the bushes or something. Right. And, uh, you know, I got all this praise from the company and, and like, that was like my business start, my customer service, like realizing like, you know, you go above and beyond and, and, uh, that stuff really matters. And then, you know, fast forward to college and education. I just, I always knew I loved math right. and I, I was passionate about math. So it was something to do with finance. It was something to do with business. And then, you know, through studying abroad and meeting people in Mexico and Australia and through the traveling I did, like that is, was my passion for people. 
And so like, mm. I basically put my passion for people and passion for numbers together and mortgage was a perfect fit. And I really like when I talk about mortgage and I get excited about it, it's because of those two things. It's not necessarily like I want to talk about, you know, mortgage backed securities and how things are bundled and stuff. I want to talk to people and I want to mess with numbers. And that's why I love it. I love it. I love it. Now let's, let's, let's kind of dial this mortgage word back and maybe, you know, let's take a little bit of a history lesson, but what, what is a mortgage? Like how did that, how did mortgages come to be maybe? And again, just kind of take, take that where you want to take it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because, um, this is, this is a conversation I have with my eight and my 12 year old sons who I love their business mind working and they're asking questions. They listen to me talking in the car. So I'll right. get these random questions every like, Hey dad. And so in general, when I'm speaking on my YouTube channel or anywhere else, the best thing to do is pretend like you're talking to a fifth grader, just make it simple to understand. And literally that's my YouTube channel, making right. mortgage simple and easy to understand because all it is, is the bank or the lender, or whoever the you know person offering the mortgage is, is giving you a loan to help buy a house because an average person in California who's buying a $400,000 house doesn't have 400,000 in their bank account. Right. And so whether it's, you know, they're putting 5% of that 400,000 down. And so they're putting 20,000 and the bank's putting 380, that loan, that 380,000 to buy the house is, is called a mortgage. And mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, you can call it a home loan. And that's a simpler way. Um, my wife has always given me good advice. And I used to, when I first started in mortgage, I went through all the education part and I learned as much as I could. And I learned all the fancy terms. And my wife heard me talking on the phone and she said, will you please, please just talk to people like you're talking to my grandma. Just keep it simple. Say home loan. And, and, you know, for the vast majority of people, rather than be like, I'd like to get you a mortgage and, 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 you know, use those terms. Like it's a loan for a home. It's a home loan. Just like when you go to the dealership to buy a car and the car is $30,000, you put a thousand down or 2000 down and you get a loan for the rest. A mortgage is a home loan. I love it. I love it. So how did Matt, the mortgage guy start in the mortgage industry? Like, what was your inception? Were you, were you at, you know, a front office clerk or were you, I mean, how, obviously I know you weren't, but how did you, how did you get in the business? Right. Yeah. And this, and this is a, is a, is a fun story for me to tell because it wasn't like I graduated from college with a finance degree and was like, all right, mortgage, here we go. Looking back, I wish I would have, mm -hmm. but truth be told, I came back from studying abroad in Mexico. I finished my degree in finance and it was finance, international business. And I was a big poker player and a math analytics guy who loves people ends up at the poker table somehow. And so this local poker room that I used to play poker at, I started working at it. And after a while, um, I realized an entry-level finance job versus you know a job dealing poker, I was making more and having more fun dealing poker. Mm. So I graduated from college back in 2005 and I went from dealing poker to managing that poker room. And that's where, you know, the business acumen and the, and the numbers part of it and whatnot. I really enjoyed myself and did that for about seven years. I managed a poker room and got great wow. friends, um, great relationships, great memories from managing that poker room. But after about, have you watched Molly's game? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love it. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Absolutely. Cool I just watched, movie. I just watched it a few weeks ago. So that's why it's fresh in my mind. I love it. Right. Yeah. I, I will, I will, I will not incriminate myself, but I may or may not have personal experience with uh, <laughs> games of that nature. So, yeah. um, uh, so I did that and I really enjoyed it, but, but you know, by, by 2012 ish, my first son was born in 2009. We ended up having our second son in 2013. I kind of realized like, I'm not going to do this forever. 
um, work inside of a poker room, even though I enjoyed it and it was great money. And I, I started to look around like, what else can I do? I went and ended up working for the state of California doing finance. Mm -hmm. And, um, my wife will tell you, um, you know, state work is for some people. It wasn't for me. I've, I've got to be moving, shaking, talking to people. And I've got, you know, I don't know what it is. My, my person, I didn't mesh with sitting in a cubicle and, and doing state work. And so I was, I was there less than a year. Mm-hmm. I was at a birthday party for one of my kids friends and I'm just sitting around with some buddies and a buddy says, um, Hey, you know, you know, I used to be in mortgage. Oh, three through 2010. And he had been out for a couple of years. I'm going to get back into it. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, start a little branch. You should come work with me. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, Ethan's Ethan's going to be born in in uh, in a month. I was literally going to have my second child, and I had stable state income benefits. And he goes, "No, for real. Like, you'd be good at it. Like, you're good with people. You're good with numbers. Like, you've never been afraid of hard work. Like, come work, do do mortgage. I promise you. Like, you'll do well." And I kind of hemmed and hawed on it, and and I just thought to myself, like, I can do that. And mm-hmm. I mean, the rest is is history for all intents and purposes. But the, but the funny part about the story is it was, you know, timing wise, everybody's like, you know, worried about timing and, Oh, I'm going to do this. or I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to start this career. I'm going to start that. I literally like just had had my second child. I'm the sole provider. I'm, I'm leaving benefits behind to go work a hundred percent commission, no benefits. And it was, it was the, a true burn the boats type of deal. Like I had to, I had to succeed. And so I think that that's, that's where the story, um, you know, for anybody who wants to take inspiration out of it can, can take some inspiration where like I had to succeed. There was no option for me. And so, you know, you can pin yourself in a corner sometimes and basically be like, if it's 50 hours, 60 hours, 70 hours, 80 hours, whatever it is to succeed. Like if you put yourself in a position where you have to do it, you know, then, then sometimes you, you figure out a way to do it. And so that, that was the beginning of mortgage. And then we can talk about the journey through mortgage and then probably, you know, the 80 hours down to 20 and trying oh, to, yeah. <laughs> trying oh, to yeah. scale, scale that back, you know, with passive income and real estate and all that stuff. But that, that was the beginning. And I've got, I've got some cool memories. I've got a guy I work with now who I started um, with in 2013. It was summer of 2013. And he remembers I knew starting out in mortgage, the first few months, I wouldn't make enough um, to, to feed my family and pay for health benefits and all that stuff. And so I was still working uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights at the card room. And I had, you know, seven to five grind as hard as I could to try to get business because I was brand new. I didn't even know what I was doing. And then five to 1 a.m., I work at the card room. My older son uh, said, said, mommy, does, does daddy uh, sleep at work? Because he wouldn't see me. I'd come home at 1.30 in the morning. I'd sleep till six and then I'd get up and I'd go back, you know, and, and this was, you know, it feels good now looking back. Like this didn't happen by accident. It wasn't just, you know, a random coincidence that I ended up, you know, succeeding and building a, a great mortgage business. I was working my butt off and my buddy who, who I work with now, who remembers from 2013, remembers I had a pillow under my desk and eye covers. And I was so exhausted that I would take a 30 minute power nap under my desk, be back on the phones. You know, hey, it's Matt Gouget with uh, whatever company, you know, we we developed at the time. And 
just calling to see if if they want to run some numbers for a refinance. Those are those are some sweet memories, man. Absolutely. And that, and that's maybe when when you're first starting now, maybe tell me a little bit about the dynamic between you and I guess he's the owner. He didn't he didn't really come in as a mortgage broker. He was just like, "Hey, Matt, um and maybe a few other people, you guys are the, you know, mortgage brokers, go find business." Like how how did that dynamic work? And then in the very beginning, it sounds like refinancers are the easiest thing to kind of go after from a sales point. Talk to me about that. Right. Yeah. And so when you have no book of business and you don't really have anything else um, to, to generate lead wise, you know, there's a couple different ways to get business in mortgage. You can call people and say, Hey, rates are relatively low. What are you currently paying? Oh, you're five and a quarter. And I always tell people that, you know, they'll spend 45 minutes talking to direct TV to save 10 bucks a month or get free HBO, right? Like talk to me for five minutes. I might save you $5,000 a year. And, mm. and so, you know, those conversations to me were always easy because if you come from the right place, like, listen, Dre, I just want to ask you a few questions. If it, if it doesn't make sense, no big deal, you know, right. but let's, let's just chat about it. And so those, and then, you know, you, you chase down realtors because realtors are talking to buyers that are going to buy, you get them pre-approved to buy, or, you know, you talk to financial advisors or CPAs or any of that. I, for those first two years did everything I could one of the things that I look back on and I realize how much value this held was I probably went to two networking meetings per week. So mm. that was probably a hundred a year for those first two years. Wow. I met everybody in Sacramento. <laughs> I met fucking the Avon lady. I met, you know, people that were, that were, you know, every single business there was. And the funny part is, is if you only have a sample size of seven and you go to seven of those and nothing comes out of it, that's all you've got. I've got, 90 examples of people I met that I will never do business with. We didn't align, you know, it just wasn't a fit or whatever. But then I've got the 10 examples of real estate investor. I've done 14 refinances for him and his different properties. I've helped 14 of his family members buy homes, you know, and I, and it referred his cousin who also referred this person, who, you know, that turned into 300,000 in, in revenue for me right. and my business. If I would have never gone to any of the meetings and met all the people, I wouldn't have met that individual. And so, um, you know, that was the, the humble beginnings being humble enough to just go to so many networking meetings and just knowing that like, like anything else, right. It's just like, you have to have the at bats, even if you only close four out of a hundred deals, you got to have, you got to do the other 96 calls, you know, that, and, and if you think about it, four deals equals X amount of dollars, well then take a hundred calls divided by X amount of dollars. Every call you make is a $75 call. There you, so go. How- <laughs> there you go. I love that. When you think yeah. about the progression of that, because I'm sure that's not the company you're still with now. I think you maybe branched off to do your own thing, or maybe you've grown that company, but tell me about the progression into becoming this entrepreneur and wanting to go from 80 hours a week to four, to 40 hours a week to 20 hours a week. How did that progression happen? Right. Um, it's, it's, it's funny because it's for somebody who enjoys quote unquote, the grind or jo- enjoys like hustling, it's hard to scale back because I, I truly enjoy it. And sometimes it's like, hey, if you're doing what you love, you're not really working. But still over the past two years, I've gotten really intentional about like every single baseball practice, every single jujitsu, you know, going to coach basketball. I'm going to do everything I can with the kiddos because at a certain point, you're like, I can't go back and coach eight-year-olds in basketball when when the kid's 23. Like I've mm-hmm. got to do that now and create those memories. And um and so, you know, in the last two years, I've gotten really intentional where I've, I've been able to leverage people and my business can continue to grow. My brand can continue to grow. And, you know, I can serve people at an even higher level 
with less of my time and effort. Right. And it's, it's funny because for, for me who enjoys work and enjoys the grind, I'm probably honestly still working 50, 60 hours a week, but I'm doing it in all the stuff I love. Mm-hmm. I'm creating content. I'm, you know, doing great podcasts like this and I'm working on the business where it's like, Hey, you know what we could do to help, you know, the client experience here, let's do this and this. I'm going to have Jen do that. I'm going to have Michelle do that. I'm going to have our virtual assistant do that. And I'm moving the chess pieces now where I'm not involved in the minutia. And I'm like, you know, reading through a credit report and trying to figure out like, well, if you paid that from 750 to 230, I'm not doing the minutia stuff. I'm doing the, you know, business execution stuff, which is the stuff I just love. I mean, talking about it right now, get excited. I love it. I love love that you love it. That's amazing. So, so, but you, you realize again, you realize that you needed to be more present. You want it to be more present, especially with those years where you were, you know, working the poker tables at at 2 AM, right? You, you, you were like, Hey, I need to, I understand that time is my most precious, most invaluable asset. I need more of this. As much as I love what I do, I love this more and I need to figure out a way to make this work. Well, I used to work for a CPA. I used to work as a big four accountant. And it was in those moments I used to see investor returns, what investors were doing with their money, how they were buying property, all these things that kind of gave me my light bulb. Like, why, why am I here? Why am I not this person and doing this, right? Doing these mortgages over the years, I feel it may have given you some of that same insight to where, why don't I be an owner of you know some of these properties? Why don't I start doing some of these deals? When, when was that moment for you? And what did that look like? Yeah, I, that's that's, an, that's a great question because looking back, I think early on the seed was there and it was growing, but it was growing slow. And I'm looking at different things. I'm talking to different people. It's like, oh yeah. And and it was probably 2014, like towards the very beginning where, you know, it was a bigger pockets podcast every couple of weeks. And then it was a book. And then it was just like, you know, and, and here's the funny thing that I try to teach people to do better than I did, where it was probably three years of education, 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 preparation, you know, trying to dot I's, cross T's, analyze things. It was the action piece that for what, in, in so many areas of my life, I take action and I just jump before I think about it with real estate investing. I don't know why. I don't know why it took me until 2017 to finally, you know, buy property number one. And then, you know, the 11 doors I have now, um, I wish I would have you know, day one started on and, and, and taken action on some of that stuff, but it was, it was fairly early on. And like you said, a, a great takeaway for, for your tribe. And what are we, what are we before the millions, the, before the, the millions tribe, the BTM tribe, the yes, BTM, sir. Tribe. The BTM <laughs> tribe. Here's what I want people to know. Cause I talk to thousands of people and I will talk to an investor who has 37 different properties, duplex, quadplex, single family, you know, they got 85 doors. And, you know, they've got 30,000 a month in, in, in cash flow, regular friggin' people, yeah. regular people. And that's, then that's why, you know, that was probably the light bulb that finally like kicked me. Like you're talking to all these people, the regular dude. I mean, he's got like no skills that I don't have. No, he, right. he's not like a rocket scientist. He doesn't even have, you know, as much income as I have. Why the heck is he doing this? And, and still to this day, I've got a coach who's in the, in the real estate space. And I'm talking to guys that are 30 years old who are buying hotels, who are buying, you know, multi-unit apartment buildings. I'm like, it's, it's, you, you always envision it as something grand. And you think about these real estate investors as, as, as folks who have, you know, certain angles or a trust fund or something like this, like Mm -hmm. regular people Mm -hmm. with regular jobs, just taking action 
and building wealth. Like that's, that's the thing to me where I was like, all right. And, and when I bought the first investment property, I bought an out of state investment and very little due diligence, just like, you know, took the leap, made a thousand mistakes, lost money on that deal. And I'm so glad I did it because then it opened up next single family, then fourplex, then fourplex, then single family. And so I tell people, you know, it might not be the best advice ever, but like take action, even if it's not a great deal, because just the act of doing it, you'll, you'll, you'll undoubtedly feel like, oh, well, that wasn't as hard as I thought. And then number two becomes a little bit easier Then number three becomes a little bit easier. And before you know it, you start looking at other people going, well, yeah, now I see how he did it. It was just like what I did 24 times over, over a five-year period. I can do that. I love that. And, you know, I have a very, almost the exact same experience in the sense that, you know, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad in 2016, listening to Bigger Pockets and all that stuff. And um, 30 days later, I bought my first property because I had the mindset and you you mentioned it here, but the the number one distinguisher between people who have started and invest in real estate and own 20, 30, 40, 100 units versus people who who don't own that is action just massive action that's it there's like you said there's no book there's no angle there's no trust fund it's just action so you know back then i i kind of had had this inkling of a sense that i need to take this action even if it's the worst decision ever like <laughs> i if i fall flat on my face i feel like that's going to be okay because i can just say this was tuition to learn the the, the craft that i'm going to do for the rest of my life why 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 not just fail at this so that i know exactly what I'm doing the second time. I've built up the contacts. I have the experience. I have the confidence. The second time, it's going to be that much more better. So let's just get this failure out of the way. Let's do this and just close our eyes, whatever. Luckily for me, it ended up actually being a good deal. But it was because I gave myself that mindset that told me I can do this. I should do this. I'm going to fail at it. But who cares? Because I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It's because I gave myself that mindset that I that I decided to push forward. And it sounds like the same thing that you did. Now, Walking through your journey some more, and we're going to get into some 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 mean potatoes here as far as mortgages go, because there's a lot of things going on in the market right now. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trust me, I, I know, I know. Right. You see these bags, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but walking through your story a little bit more, I, I just find it fascinating that you know you, you know you know more mortgage brokers than I do, and I'm pretty sure they're the same dichotomy with real estate agents that they see what's going on. They viscerally understand what investors are doing, but they're not taking action. And this can go for anybody, right? This this can go for the listeners of this podcast who've maybe been listening for the past three years. What, what, for, for I'll kind of walk through kind of how I thought about things, but maybe some advice that you have for our listeners who are just like, I just can't under, like, I feel like I don't know enough. I feel like I don't know the right people. I feel like I don't have the, the enough money. Like, what can you tell them to help them take better action moving forward? I think that in 2021, there is absolutely no excuse Mm -hmm. because there is so much information available. I talk to so many people that no matter what you want to learn, if you want to be a great artist, if you want to be a real estate investor, if you want to, you know, learn how to jump, you know, an extra four inches, YouTube university is the greatest place on earth, right? I learned how to fix a dryer. I learned how to fix uh, the ice machine and um, on the refrigerator. And there's a ton of great information out there. I I can't help but plug Matt, the mortgage guy, YouTube channel, but I'm putting out as much content as I can to help educate people because that's, I think step one is like, you got to have a certain level of comfort, right. With, with, with things. But, um, 
you know, real quick, real quick, Matt, which one of your kids or students has ankle weights and they're effectively using them? Because I feel like I feel like you pulled an example from a real life, a real life situation about jumping higher four by four inches. <laughs> you know what? I really I really don't. I, I, I know that uh, both both my kiddos loved basketball last year and I coached right. them and and and, and we're going to be playing again this year. So, you know, they watch a ton of YouTube. I watch a ton of YouTube. And I think it was probably God, it something in my memory sparked a something triggered that right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the human brain is a crazy thing but yeah. absolutely i mean you can learn that type of stuff right yeah. how to jump higher and um and and like online forums and all that stuff like how did people buy real estate 20 years ago I mean, they had to just have somebody in their network that they could reach out to and say, hey, can I take you to lunch? Or, hey, you know, we hop on a phone call with me. Now it's like you can get inside these forums. And the crazy part is, is anybody who's got any level of success, like they enjoy it and they're passionate about it. They're giving back. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got people in these forums that have 15, 20 million dollar net worths. They could be sitting on a beach for the rest of their life, but they enjoy real estate. And they remember when they were you or me or one unit, five unit, 10 units, just starting out. And they want to help those people. And you'd be surprised as a new investor, how much help you can find. Now, the word to the wise is you can also find bad advice. So, you know, take some stuff with a grain of salt, but there is so much information out there. There's really no excuse. And if you find, you know, the right forums, the right YouTube content, the right real estate agent, the right mortgage broker, you're light years ahead of, you know, most people. And then you realize, you know, cause I've got a lot of analysis paralysis folks. I talk to all the time right. where I met them at a real estate meetup in 2017 and they're still talking about buying their first investment property. And, you know, it goes back to what you said where I'm like, you know, take action, very and, and here's here's something too that I literally thought about this during a run the other day, where you've got people, you know, no matter what you think about college and the usefulness of college, you've got people who are paying tens of thousands of dollars for freaking anthropology classes and stuff like that. Later yeah. on, it, it's probably going to yeah. have very little impact yeah. on your ability to make money, create wealth for your family. If you buy a property and you lose twenty thousand dollars. Just picture it as taking anthropology and psychology, some of the stuff that you don't might not necessarily use in your life, right? It's it's except for that the real estate lesson is going to teach you a lot more. The house I bought in Alabama was a complete disaster. And the YouTube video I made about it where it's like, watch this before you invest uh, out of state, I've gotten a little bit of backlash. And so I've got to clarify with people like out of state investing does work when people do it right. I did it wrong. But- I still look back on it and say, I did it wrong and I learned a lot. So I'm not mad at myself about it. I'm glad that it was a step in the right direction. And, and a lot of good things have followed. A lot of passive income has, you know, entered my life after that point. So, um, yeah, I forgot where we started, man. No, I love you gotta, it. You got to reel it. me in sometimes. I love it. Let, 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 <laughs> I, and I want to dive into some strategy here because I feel as though we have a ton of listeners in that same position. They want to get started. Um, they want to buy their first investment property. They know how. They don't know how to go about it. And you know, there's so many programs out there these days. Maybe we should just kind of start there and and kind of kind of just like lay lay the land really quick for those investors who are looking and they're like, well, you know what was me or out, you know, who am I to, to, to think about doing something like this? And again, with the, with the incentives that are out there from governmental programs, to just, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, like what, what kind of lay the land for me really quick. And who is, who is a traditional mortgage or maybe not so traditional mortgage? Who are these mortgages for? And, and how, how can someone set themselves up or start to think about 
what path they want to go down as far as getting the mortgage and, and, and buying their first property. Right. Yeah. I think the first thing I would say, if I'm talking to somebody who's just getting started and if you're just getting started, especially if you're, you know, in your twenties or you're single, or you don't really, you know, have a preference on where you live or how grandiose your living situation is, you are in an amazing spot because, you know, one thing about mortgages is the mortgage you get, the loan you get on the primary residence where you live is always going to be the best terms and the lowest down payment. And I know from talking to thousands of people that down payment is a, is a serious like barrier to entry, right? And so if you are currently renting, but you're 24 and you don't necessarily need a 3000 square foot mansion, you can go out and buy a fourplex with an FHA loan, put three and a half percent down, live in one unit, rent three out, that is 1000% what I would do if, if I was young, I, you know, didn't have a family and I didn't mind living in a one or two bedroom place because Matt, Matt, Matt is describing me right now that you're, what you're describing is exactly what I do with, with my first fourplex. <laughs> and, and, and I've, I've, I've helped a dozen people do it. And it's literally like who I seek out at real estate investing meetings. Like the one I'm thinking about in my head, um, I think he's like 25 and I drive by the fourplex he bought because it's about a mile and a half from my house. And he did some siding. He did some other stuff. And I'm so happy for him because, yeah. you know, he was able to buy it <laughs> with you, limited. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you, I was going to say, you don't understand. Uh, most people don't understand how much a deal like that could change your life. Like it was cool buying like single family homes, but it was when it, it was when you're able to house hack a property that pays you. So again, I was in a situation where I was paying $1,400 in rent. I went from paying $1,400 in rent to no longer paying that rent. So that's a, that's, that's a cost that most people don't even think about that they're no longer, I'm no longer paying rent because I live in my property. So my rent is gone. $17,000 a year raise. You just gave yourself just, it, just instantaneously. Yep. Now at the same time, I'm living in one of the units. I'm running the other three units out, collecting about $4,300. My mortgage is about $3,400. So now you're telling me I'm getting paid, guys. I'm getting paid to live for free. And we're That's not even no, mentioning the tax benefit, the mortgage is getting paid, paid seven, dollars $800, $900 per month. It's appreciating. And now, I mean, and now, and now, I mean, I take the numbers out of the equation. My, my podcast is all about lifestyle design through real estate. But now I'm, I have the ability to not go on a week's vacation or two weeks vacation, but I'm going on one month, two month long sabbaticals because I'm not like most people where I have to pay my rent or my mortgage every single month and pay for my hotel stay. No longer do I have to worry about living in two places at one time. I can leave for months on end. I could Airbnb my unit, which I was doing when I was house hacking, and I can make even more money while I'm gone. So for me, when I left corporate America, I realized, man, this is this deal more than any other deal has been the most powerful thing ever because of how it set up my life moving forward. So I, I didn't want to steal the spotlight, but I, I just know how powerful it can be for people if they start to think about it like that, especially when they're young, because I was young and you know, I was that exact age that you said, and I was thinking about all the things that you said. And that was much like, how do I do this? And that one deal changed everything. Yeah. And the crazy part about it is, you know, looking back in, you know, going fast forwarding 20 years, that property might be paid off. It might be worth a half a million dollars. Like that thing is going to be a million dollar net worth adder to your life. Yeah. And, and if you got in for three and a half percent, you know, maybe it was 15,000, 20,000 out of pocket, this small little investment turns into a million dollars. And yeah. 
along the way you get tax benefit along the way, you know, your tenants are paying, you're not paying a freaking dime. It's, yeah. and that's, that's where, when I talk to people about real estate investing, it's like, do you want a retirement account that you don't have to pay anything into that, you know, grows multiple six figures, multiple seven figures. Like that's what real estate can be if, right. if, if, if done correctly. And so the one thing I'll say, if somebody's just like, all right, Matt, get done with the fourplex stuff. Cause I'm not doing that. I've got, you know, a family, I've got something else. The next plan that I love to help people out when they're very first getting started is an, another one that involves getting a loan for a primary residence. Because I realize, like when I t- tell people about 20 and 25% down, they're like, all right, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I don't have that type of money. Okay. Go out and buy a single family home, 3% down, three and a half percent down, 5%. There's plenty of programs, FHA, conventional, all of it. And what I like to tell people, you know, you're going to move into multiple houses. So if you're 26 or you're 29 or you're 32, that's not your forever home. Look at an area where you're like, I don't mind living here. And especially if you don't have kids, you're not worried about schools or whatever, analyze the numbers as a rental and just have the game plan that like, I'm going to buy this thing with 5% Mm -hmm. down. If I moved out next year or the year after, I know this thing would be positive $300 a month in cash flow. And then I'll go buy this place. (laughs) You're describing everything. This is, I love this. Go ahead. And, and, you know, I've helped, I don't, I mean, probably a hundred people do something like this, where it's like, we're going to buy this and we're going to think about the next one. You know, we're, we're buying it as a primary. You're going to live in it. So there's no like mortgage fraud or occupancy fraud going on. You're genuinely going to live there, but you're thinking about the future and this is going to be an investment property. And the thing I love about real estate is, you know, people grind, grind, grind for 40 frigging years to get $2,600 a month, $3,500 a month, whatever they're going to get, you know, their, their pension and their current job. This piece of real estate that you bought with 3% down or 5% down 30 years later, when it's paid off and it's worth a half a million dollars and it's spitting off $2,000 a month, you know, after you moved out, it paid you. This is an investment that paid you every month. And even if it like the, the house that I moved out of in 2017, for all intents and purposes, it's a break even. I think the rent is $230 more than my mortgage. And we'll just call that incidentals and, you know, maintenance right. or whatever. Right. It breaks even. But if you look at my Excel spreadsheet, my net worth tracker, the thing's going up in value a lot more last couple of years than normal, but right. over time, let's just call it three or 4%. My tenants are paying down the mortgage. It's adding $25,000. People don't think about that. $25,000 a year in net worth. Literally every decade, I get a quarter million dollar net worth check from the real estate powers that be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's one property. That's one property. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's where the power of real estate, you know, for people that don't have big grandiose dreams, if you're working a nine to five and, and you enjoy it and you're just like, you know, why not do that four times? Why not do that four times and add a million dollars every decade to your net worth? Mm. Why not do that four times and then have six thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand dollars in passive income when you retire? So if you feel like doing a month to Europe, going to Costa Rica for six weeks every summer, whatever the heck you want to do, uh, right. why not? Right, right. You've talked about some of the some of the most popular loan programs, such as the FHA and conventional. But what about what about the VA loan and any other rural type loans that you can get, and maybe even put even less money down? Right, and those and those are the top four: FHA, conventional, VA, and USDA. The USDA and VA are unique in that you can put zero down. They're true one hundred percent financing. If you're right. a veteran and you're eligible for a VA loan, I love helping veterans because when I talk to them, it's like. This is not only a great loan program, but you deserve it. You know, you've you've earned this right. 
to put right. zero money down, to have no mortgage insurance. And the thing that people don't understand is if you're stationed in Virginia and you buy a $220,000 house in Virginia, then you move out to California. One, the VA is going to pay you more because cost of living is more in California. Uh, you can you can reuse that VA eligibility more often than not. And this is mm. something that you want to check with your local lender, have them check your eligibility. But you know, I've I've known plenty of veterans that have five or six houses across the country. And it's just because they've lived in five or six different places. And they decided that why not have five or six that's rental crazy. properties that are that are that are paying me. And so that's the VA loan. USDA is is a rural loan. So if you're you know not in city centers and it's a rural area, USDA actually, I think it's USDA.gov has something where you can type in an address and find out if it's USDA eligible. And, you know, they've got guidelines like every other loan program, but if, if it is in an eligible area, you can get hundred percent financing on those type of loans. And um, so those are 0% down on the conventional and FHA side, you can do 3% and three and a half percent. And I don't want to really dive into down payment assistance programs because there's, there's, there's just in, it's, it's state by state. So it's different for everybody in every state. And, you know, there's complexity to it. There's, um, it's from, a, from, from, yeah, but from a high level overview, since you kind of opened that can of worms, we'll close it really <laughs> quick. But from, from a high level overview, what does that look like? And just send, send people to a, maybe a general place that they can go to find more information on it. What is a yeah. down payment assistance program? Well, and, and so in California where I'm at, Cal HFA, government entity, um, Golden State Finance Authority. They're, they're, they're government agencies that say, you know, you, you need some assistance with your down payment. Maybe we'll give you, you know, 3% towards your down and 3% in closing cost um, assistance. And instead of bringing $15,000 to the down payment, you only bring 1,500. Something to that extent. The only problem is higher fees, higher rate, more restrictive, hard to get an offer accepted. You're going to pay it back more often than not. Um, I know that there'll be champions of down payment assistance that like, oh, this one's a grant or this one's this. But in general, from what I've seen, it's, you know, it's hard to find a true free lunch. And so, um, yeah, that's why, that's why I, you know, generally just get yourself educated. Just know what you're getting into. I think that's the, that's my right. parting, parting yeah, words. Let's, leave, let's, let, let, yeah. let, 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 let's <laughs> leave it there. Absolutely. And, you know, um, when I, I guess I want to talk about next up is right now, especially where we are here in 2021, let's talk about where the market is. Let's talk about interest rates. I think that now more than ever, this is not a stat that I found anywhere. This is just what I believe. There are more refinances getting done today than there ever have been. Why is that? Why is that the case? Well, in 2020, the number was like off the charts. And it's simply because rates are so low and people have so much equity. You know, you bought a house in 2015 for 200,000, it's now worth 450 and you might be in a 4% rate or a four and a quarter. If you call me and say, Hey Matt, you know, what are my options? You know, we can refinance you down to a 2.8 or, you know, whatever the rate is. I'm not pitching rates. I've got a disclosure, <laughs> right? This is not an offer. I'm just talking on the internet, um, but you can do that and lower your payment. But with all that equity, you know, you pull out $75,000, you lower your rate from four and a quarter to 3%, you might be paying the same monthly payment, but now you got $75 in your pocket. And, you know, some people use it to, to rehab their home. Some people use it to go buy an investment property. Some people use it, whatever you use it for. There was a lot of that going on in 2020. The market crash, you know, the fear and, 
and doubt folks out there like, oh my gosh, you know, so much people are doing cash out refinance, the market's going to crash. The funny part about that stat is that there's actually way more equity in homes than there was back in 06, 07. And so as much as people have pulled cash out and they've done a bunch of refinancing, there's still way more equity in homes today. As of this recording, March of 2021, we've seen about a six week um, decline in uh, mortgage-backed securities. Basically rates have gone up by about a half a, half a point on most programs. And yeah. so it'll be interesting to see. Refinance applications are down, refinances down slightly. But last year for somebody who's in mortgage, all the talk was like, there's 11 trillion in, trillion's not the right word. Is it 11? Was it 11 trillion? Like 11 trillion in mortgages that would benefit from refinance. Like there was just unlimited amount of people that could benefit. It's not just, you know, somebody's trying to sell you something, but like the example I used earlier, if I have a five minute conversation with you and I can say, yes, we're going to build in the cost and it cost you 3000, but you're going to save $5,000 per year. Like that's, a good deal. And Absolutely. and people just took advantage of that because it was there. And um, mortgage numbers last year was something like 4.3 trillion. It was the biggest year in mortgage by a long shot. And, and you know, just to give a quick history lesson, just to talk about maybe 2007 and 2008, how they were bundling these mortgage-backed securities, what, what what's different now than what was going on back then? Is it, It's funny too, because people are like, oh, you know, refinance is up and, and, and prices are up nobody learned their lesson. Things are crazy. A lot of people learn their lessons. And like Fannie Freddie, who basically set the rules and the guidelines for like how, what you need to do to qualify for a mortgage. People know, and especially if somebody's watching this channel and they've gone and applied for a mortgage, it's not easy. You know, you've got to qualify and you've got to have, you know, decent credit. You've got to have verifiable income. You've got to have money in the bank. You got to be able to source it. So 2008, you could say, yeah, I make 10,000 a month. Stated income, 10,000 a month. You just write that on your application. You could have a 500 credit score. You could put 0% down. You could do all this stuff that like was risk upon risk upon risk and bound to crumble, right? Now, you know, you've got to have higher credit scores. You've got to have lower debt to income ratios. So you got to make more versus what the mortgage is. And, you know, you've got to have some skin in the game, down payment for most all programs. So it's way different than it was in 2008. And on top of that, you know, in 2008, you had appraisers copy and pasting <laughs> pictures from different houses and, and saying, oh yeah, this house is worth 550, um, you know, even though it was really worth 350 and, and they, you know, took the, 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 the shack address and put like pictures of a, a fancy pool and a remodeled house into that appraisal report. That was, that was the kind of stuff that was going on back then. And so, you know, real estate is not anywhere near the level of, um, you know, shakiness that we had back then, because I mean, people were just writing the, the ease of the credit. People were just giving away loans to people that, you know, were bound to foreclose or bound to get in trouble, especially when you consider that, you know, so many of those loans variable rate. If I give you a loan today, that's 1250 a month for the first year, then the payment can go to 2,900 next year. Like that's scary. Right now it's 30 year fixed never going to change. Like it's such plain, vanilla, easy, low risk loans that are being written to people that have to be very well qualified for them. So, you know, there's, 
Big differences. Big, humongous differences. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that puts my heart and the listeners' hearts at ease. So I definitely appreciate that little bit of information as well. As we talked about before the show, I have a tenant buyer program for people who are right on the cusp of getting qualified for loans. And uh, that's often how I exit a lot of my deals that I don't buy and hold. So I uh, just wanted to throw that in there as well. Man, Matt, this let is me, really- let me, Yeah, I was going to say, let me let me speak to that real quick because yeah. what you're doing is really cool. What I found, and, and just speaking about the market as a whole in general, in 2021, it is really hard. There's multiple offers. In California, for me, it might be magnified. I'm in Sacramento, which is like Redfin said it's the number one market for 2021. It's we had a we had we set the record. I think it got national headlines, 121 offers on one house. And wow. so so you know, before I get I think I saw it. Was that that was recent? That was really yeah, recent. Yeah, just I like saw this that. last week. Yeah, yeah so I that, saw that. That, that yeah. was my market. But wow. I'm finding that buyers need to find creative ways to get into homes. So what you're doing, allowing a tenant to work their way into buying the house that they're renting is genius. There needs to be more people that are finding creative ways like that. So I just, I applaud you for that because Thank you. I, I talk to people and I talk to listing agents every day. They're fielding 27 offers, 121 offers. They've got to say no to 120 people that, that put an offer in. And so that's hard. And I deal with the buyers who are offer after offer, after offer, after offer. Your program's yeah. cool. You just come in through the back door. They literally, Absolutely. you know, they've already Absolutely. got the key to the back door. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. I, I, pre- I appreciate that. Those words of endorsement as well. That's awesome. This episode is brought to you by lifestylenotary.com. Everyone knows that you go to the bank to get your documents notarized. And oftentimes this service is free by your banker. Alternatively, you can go to those standalone notaries where you'll pay anywhere from one to $3 per signature. And to the naked eye, this business model doesn't boast big checks or lifestyle design. But here's what most people don't know. When you perform a mobile notary service, a mobile fingerprinting service, or a mobile apostille service, and you get paid anywhere from $75 to $200, even $300 per appointment, and these appointments last anywhere from 10 to 45 minutes. And this isn't fake. I've tested and proven this going on a few appointments and making $500 before noon. It's just one of the industry's best kept secrets. And in a matter of weeks, you can pass some rather simple exams, be up and running and get your first paid appointment. So flexibility and income. This can be a gig where you choose to go all in and scale and create a six figure income or It can just be something that you decide to do on the side in your free time and just make a few extra grand every now and again or every month or so. It's that flexible, but you choose the jobs that you want and you opt out of the ones that don't fit your schedule. I've had MSM students using this second stream to fuel their investment portfolio flawlessly. And now you two can download my checklist where I highlight the entire process and give you all the resources to get started over at lifestylenotary.com. That's lifestylenotary.com. And if you're a newbie investor and you're looking for some side income that doesn't take your eye off the ball, but further ingrains your contacts and your knowledge in the real estate industry while getting paid, then head over to lifestylenotary.com and download my checklist today. Oh, and if you have a heavy duty printer, your startup costs for this hustle will run you for less than $150. Can you say mind blown? Lifestylenotary.com. Com. Lifestyle design acceleration hacks. What is your favorite before the millions book? 
Is it got to be a, a, a BTM book? It's got to be no, one of no, those. No, it's got, it's, got, it's got to be a book that really helped you decide on your path, like paved your way, like helped you before the millions really get to where you are today. Man, there's been so many good books. Um, one book that I read recently and it just sticks out to me is, is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And I, I think it really resonated with me because people think about Nike. Nike is this huge company, hugely successful worldwide. They were on the brink of failure so many times. And that is a cool thing to think about as you're building your real estate empire and you're out there, you know, hustling and you, and you might do a deal that goes a little bit sideways and uh, gosh, you know, keep trucking, you know, Phil Knight kept trucking and look at what, look at the company that he's got. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> love that book. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Um, the one I've been using a lot lately and, and as a real estate investor who does mortgages and works with real estate investors, being able to like quickly analyze a property is, is cool. So it's called CDS calculator and it's Chandler David Smith. Who's a real estate investor out in Idaho. He's, he's got a hundred and something doors and he's a great dude with a great YouTube channel. He, he created this app and you know, you can run numbers in 36 seconds, right. On that app. And I think that for investors like me who, you know, are doing the analysis and they're learning and all that stuff, like just like start looking at properties, analyzing them and running numbers. Then more important than that, take action. I love that. Absolutely. That's going to be in the show notes, ladies and gents. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? The thing I enjoy the most and the season I'm in in my business right now is that um, I've got the passive income from real estate. So it takes the pressure off. So now when I do mortgage, uh, it's not like I've got to do X number of mortgages per month to put food on the table. I'm doing it now because I love it. And, you know, besides that kind of like mental freedom, right? People talk about financial freedom because now I can travel. Now I can do that. You get mental freedom from, from having passive real estate income. And so I enjoy that piece of it. And now I'm in a season where I'm adding like human capital to the mix where I'm leveraging really good people. And I'd like to think that I'm adding to their lives because they're working in an environment where they really enjoy it. They're serving people, they're having fun with it. And, you know, they're able to run this business while I kind of sit back and move the chess pieces and, and just manage um, the, the humans involved. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. I, again, this show is all about lifestyle design and I love the way you've constructed that. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? One that I think about a lot and, and one that when I, when I talk to people and they're like, man, you've only been in mortgage seven years and you're, you know, doing this much production and, you know, you're speaking at that conference, you're doing that. The, the one thing that I really try to like ingrain in folks is that from day one, it was not about like, how do I get a mortgage in July of 2013? Or how do I do two deals in August? It was like, how do I add as much value as possible to where, you know, this person's going to benefit next year, the year after the year after, whether that's a real estate agent partner, you know, the CPA who I met, the financial advisor, like everything I did. And I did so much stuff where you couldn't even quantify an ROI, but I knew it was for the benefit of my long-term business. And I'm telling you now, like every single seed I planted, I've got, you know, fruit trees, just dumping fruit all over me. Like I'm so blessed and have such a thriving business. Like I tell my team a lot of times, like we can't slow this train down. 
It's just, it's going too fast. Right. And it's because like all along the way, it wasn't about like, how do I get the, the most out of next month or next week? Or how do I, you know, squeeze a deal here, squeeze a deal there, provide a ton of value any way I can to every single person I come across and, and the universe reciprocates. And like, I'm living, breathing example in 2021, like my business is on fire and I just can't stop it. I love that. Wow. 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 Who was essential to your growth? before the millions and why? Um, I've got to always give credit first to my wife and um, something that I've talked about in other podcasts. And I, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give the one minute summary of it in 2011. I was mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally bankrupt. I was in the, in the thrall of addiction I was, you know, foreclosing on that first house we bought and my wife pulled me out of all that. And so like forever and ever and ever, like my, my number one, why is like spoil her until the end of eternity. Cause I would, I would not be here today if it wasn't for her. Um, and, and the second part of that is in mortgage and, and in anything else, real estate investing, I think a really good piece of advice for people is like, go talk to somebody who's at a place where you want to be and just ask them questions. Like right now, as somebody who's going to write 300 mortgages this year, if somebody comes to me and says like, hey man, I just, I'm two years in, I did 33 deals last year. Like I really want to do 50. I'll tell you some of the stuff I did and I, right. and I guarantee you it'll help you. And that's all I did is when I did, you know, 6 million one year, I talked to people that were doing 20 and 25. And then I did 12 and I, and I talked to people that were doing 40 and then I did 25 and I talked to people that were doing 80 and then I did 80 million. And I talked to people that are in 200 million and like, just talk to the people who are farther along than you are and ask them what they're doing. You know, real estate investor, mortgage broker, real estate, you know, professional, whatever it is that you want to learn, talk to people that are doing it at a high level. Absolutely. And, you know, follow their path or pick little something from this person, little something from this person part, like my biggest, like growth hack stuff has been going to conferences and sharing best practices with other people across the country. You know, there's a guy in Louisiana who's doing something that I'm not doing. That's a good idea. I'm going to try doing that. You know, there's somebody else in Austin, Texas who's doing something. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then the guy in Florida is doing this and the gal in Arizona is doing this a little bit of all of it implemented in my business. And what do you know? 30% growth. Boom. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? Oh, man, this is this is a tough one. This and and this one, I think, I think it really, it's a combination of mindset and you know, there's there's somebody in my gym who who said something recently after he won a fight. And he said something along the lines of like, I'm doing this for the, for the, for the underdogs. And I'm doing this for those. Like I went to public school, you know, I, I didn't have any advantages. Right. And so many people will, for whatever reason, try to like self-limit themselves. And, you know, I grew up in a household with, with this is not my story. This is just me saying, you know, this, these are the common things you hear, right? right? Of course, without my dad or, you know, we grew up poor. I didn't have this, or I didn't have that. Like in sales, especially in commission-based jobs, like none of that stuff matters. I know people that came from the absolute bottom and, you know, maybe I, I wasn't as, as, you know, poor as the next one, but like, I certainly didn't have a silver spoon. It's just like, you know, stop making excuses and go out and, and do. 
I love this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, this has been an amazing interview. I've learned so much about the the mortgage industry, learned so much about your journey, your before the millions path, how you got to where you are today, how you used to work at poker rooms. And you're going to have to teach me a thing or two about poker because I know <laughs> nothing about it. And, you know, it's just interesting to learn that where there's a will, there's a way when it comes to mortgage, when it comes to anything, you know, you, you, you've showed us how, I mean, 0% down, uh, 3.5% down. There's so many programs. There's so many ways to think about how to structure your first deal. These strategies that we've talked about from house hacking. Um, I mean, it's just, it's been, an, uh, it's been an amazing episode. I, again, I want the listeners to know if there's anything to take away from this episode is that now is the time interest rates are super low. And, you know, I don't know, interest rates are actually on the, on the incline, right? They're, they're actually slowly creeping up. I mean, last month and the month before they were actually a lot lower. So uh, now, now is the time now, now, Matt, if the people want to learn a little bit more about you, they want to connect with you. They want to say hi, or maybe even ask you a question or two, where can they find some of your information? Um, I'd love for them to find me on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and search Matt, the mortgage guy, quick disclaimer, there's Matt, the mortgage guy. I'm in California. There's MG, the mortgage guy. He's out in Atlanta. Great dude. Great mortgage guy. Just different people, right? Um, so Matt, the mortgage guy, I'm trying to put out good, easy to understand content and it's mortgage, real estate investing. I'm, I'm probably going to scoot more towards investing cause I really enjoy that stuff, but there's so much good mortgage information about it. And in the description on, on my YouTube channel, you'll find Matt, M-A-T-T at Matt, the mortgage guy.com. Shoot me a question. I literally have my office manager who goes through my emails and sends me the stuff list like like here's the 17 people you got to get back to answer their questions because a lot of times it's like hey here's what someone's telling me you know out in Georgia is this true or is this false yep you're all good you know and sometimes that that peace of mind from an unbiased party who I'm not trying to gain your business or anything I'm just giving you advice right. is is valuable Absolutely. I, I definitely can resonate with that as well. And, you know, you talk about the effect earlier of the, just the good that you do. You you talk to a mortgage broker and again, talking to somebody like you that gives you this much information, this much value, you know, you may not work with, with, with Matt, you may not work with that mortgage company, but you may recommend somebody a year down the line or two years down the line or 10 years down the line, or, you know, you hear somebody at the, at the mixer next week and they're like, yeah, like I'm looking for a mortgage company or this, this happened with the last mortgage company and they're so slow or they never do this, or they forgot to do this or all the paperwork was wrong, whatever the case. And then you automatically think, well, no, I know this guy, his name is Matt. And this is what he, you know, all so- you got to do is Google <laughs> Matt, the mortgage guy. Like, oh, you're in California. That Matt, the mortgage guy's out in California. Boom. So yeah. I, I, I love this. Absolutely. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I've gotten so much value from the show and I know the listeners have as well. Uh, we're going to put the links to everything we talked about here in the show notes and we will talk to you very, very soon. Thanks, Dre. Appreciate it, man.